Welcome back to GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. With me today is Foss Ruggiero, and here's a bit about Foss. Foss A. Ruggiero, professional career spans almost 40 years and is diversified and compelling as it has consistently established new and exciting cutting edge counseling programs in its pursuit of professional excellence and personal life enhancement. He is a published research author, clinical trainer, and a therapist who has worked in settings that have included clients for deaf children, prisons, nursing homes, substance abuse centers, inpatient facilities, major corporations, both national and international, and as the president of the Community Psych Psychological Center in Bangor, Pennsylvania. In that capacity, he developed the Process Way of Life counseling program and has developed it into a format text presented in Fix Yourself Handbook. And without further ado, I would love to welcome Foss Ruggiero. And we're going to be talking about becoming the person you want to be here today on GEMS. Genesis, thanks so much for inviting me to come on. Uh, I, I, as I mentioned, I've listened to your podcast. I'm thrilled to be here and I'm looking to do to have a real good time and maybe maybe even uh, help some people along the way. Thank you so much, Foss. And you know, the pillars here are to educate, inspire, and motivate. And with all the things that you're doing on the forefront as well as behind the scenes, that is really a part of your wheelhouse. And I want you to go into details about becoming the person you want to be. But before we get there, what was your background like growing up and then trans um, transpiring into adulthood? Because I think that has a lot to do with who we become today. You know, I think you're right. Uh, growing up in a, a close family, a Catholic spiritual kind of a background, uh, you know, uh, uh, Catholic school and the whole deal. And then uh, got into college and did like most people do, you know, you get challenged by everything the world has to offer. Um, uh, came back, you know, it's been 40 years that I've been counseling people. In the background, you know, my father had a stroke when we were young. It changed the dynamics of the family. Um, you start to uh, kind of lose faith a little bit. You, you know, the, the road changes just, uh, just enough to challenge you and uh, uh, you know, maybe move you off your mark a little bit. But, you know, uh, fortunately, I've, I've had some good people every now and then have come into my life, uh, came back to the Lord, did what, you know, uh, what I needed to do. I, you know, every time, I, this, this is what I think was chosen for me to do. Every time I said, gee, I'd like to do that, that has more glitter, or that is really going to be, you know, uh, something I'd like. You kind of get pulled right back into the center. So I'm doing what I'm supposed to have been doing. And, I, and I'm fortunate. I mean, I've worked in, in prisons uh, for everything from prisons to, as you, corporate settings. I'm still doing that. Um, I still keep in touch with all the people that, uh, that uh, were part of the journey along the way. So it's been a long trip, but it's been a, it's been a really, you know, a very deep and, 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 and enjoyable one. I really appreciate that you talked about your background and I'm sorry to hear that your father went through, a, um, went through a stroke and I could resonate with that because my father went through a stroke. We didn't even know he had a stroke until we were pressing the medical um, staff to see, okay, why did my dad walk into the hospital? And then now three days later, he's paralyzed from the waist down. Like what happened to my dad? Because he walked into here and you know, it, 
I could really feel when you said that, you know, sometimes you go off a different path and, you know, your faith, your faith gets tested because you have so many questions and you're trying to figure out why, but then there's something that just keeps pulling you back to the path that you're supposed to be on. And I think that's the path of enlightenment. And that's the path of you being tied to your purpose and your destiny assignment and calling. So with you coming from a counseling background and doing all the different endeavors that you've done with, did you know early on in life that counseling was it for you or did you fall into it? No, you know, I've been, and that's why I talk about people knowing what they want to do in life. I, I was fortunate when I was young you know, and didn't realize it, but I'm the kid that everybody came and talked to, you know, I was the, you know, the one that listened. I love to listen to people. I love to meet new people. And I, and doing this all these years later, you know, it, it's, it starts all over every time I meet a new person. I, you know, I love to do that. So, um, you know, I was that person, uh, you know, and I kind of knew by the time I got into high school, junior, senior year, I knew I was going into college. I knew it was going to be psychology that I was going to study. Uh, wasn't sure whether it was going to be counseling or research or whatever. So I took all the various components in, 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 uh, in college. But by the time second year grad school came along, I knew this is, this is where I was going to go. I was working with a lot of people. Uh, I went to school out in the Midwest and, uh, um, it, it just it, it just hit me. You know, I came back, and that's that's what I did, and I haven't turned back since. That's beautiful, <laughs> and I just had a chuckle, boss, because I started as a psychology major for two years at the University of Houston, and changed my degree to supply chain and logistics and technology, only because a Fortune 500 oil and gas company I was working for asked me a hard question. What do you plan on doing with a psychology degree working for this company? And I said, you know what? That's a really good answer. But I knew that I always wanted to go to medical school. But I was like, sometimes you tell you tell the higher power, you tell God your plans and he laughs because he already knows something else that he wants you to do. So when you think about your statement of becoming the person that you want to be, what does that look like for FOSS? And how do you help the people that you are connected to find out who they're supposed to be? You know, Genesis, when I was a younger person, uh... I had the plans, just like you said, and uh, and and so a lot of them I was able to do, you know. But um, and then family came into the picture, and there were four kids, and uh, so it wasn't like it was going to. And and you know, my first thing was to be a good Christian dad and and do it the right way, you know. And so you know, I my question to myself when I was a young person, and it goes right along with what we're talking about, who you want to be. I asked myself the question when my children were grown up, when they grew up, and going to turn back and say, what kind of dad did I have? Did they have? I wanted them to say one that was engaged, uh, was tender and, 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 and uh, communicated well and always gave them time that they were first, all that sort of thing. So I, I ran that part of my life that way. Um, and, you know, so now uh, they're older. My youngest is 28. The oldest is 33. And I have, a, you know, I had a chance to say, okay, fine. Let's pursue one of those other things. Let's write, let's write the book. And uh, since that time, it's been, geez, 140, 150 interviews. And it's, you know, all different kinds of things. Um, so the book went well. A lot of people see, are working with the program. It seems to be helping them. And I'll be starting to write again next month. We're, we're going to go into the second book of the, of the Fix Yourself series. So you can kind of plug into the, the plan, the Lord's plan, higher power, whatever you want to call that. You can do that 
but that doesn't mean you can't do what you need to do for yourself. You can wrap that all up inside there, uh, but you just have to make some decisions about what you want. And that's where we've kind of fallen aside in our culture right now. We're kind of falling into things. We're talking about you know, the, the new normal and what it's going to be and finding yourself. And I always tell people, how about if you get away from finding yourself and talk about creating yourself? There's where your control over you is. There's where you can make that some decisions. And there's where your plan with your higher power and what you want to do becomes to, you know, starts to come into focus. But if I would add, Foss, those are really great points, but I would love to add that I think that it stems deeper Um, to childhood because whenever you're going to school teachers always ask hey what do you want to be when you grow up but they never take the time to ask who do you want to be when you grow up and what to me is you know that's a label that's putting you in a box and we weren't created in a box we weren't born in a box so why are we allowing kids at a young age to be defined by a what instead of who they were created to be and whose they are. And I just think if you flip the question around, you'll have more substance and people will have more individuality, they'll have more creativity, and they're not necessarily jumping on the bandwagons to the what, because the what could be society, it could be peer pressure, your family members, your friends, and before you know it, you're doing things to please other people that was never really meant to truly validate who you are. And I think that's a part of fixing yourself, in my opinion. I, I think you're right on the mark. As you were talking, I, I, was, I was thinking to myself, that's, that's absolutely the way it is. When, when we're young, they're training us to be what, not who. But interestingly enough, what, what I thought about, as you were saying, is that as we're older, they're still, we're all still doing it. When we meet someone new, we don't say, who are you? We don't try to get to know them. We ask them, so what do you do? You know, it's, which is the adult version of what do you want to become? It never really stops. And I think we're, we're geared to be that. Uh, and you're right. If, if we get to know each ourselves when we're young, we get to know how much power is really in there. That's going to change the way we do things. Um, the what we do then doesn't become as important the who will always supersede that and make whatever you do, uh, you know, successful and happy for you. Yes. And I, I love to say that, you know, money does not always bring happiness because look at all the trillionaires, billionaires who have all the money, but they're not happy. What makes you happy is who you are at the core. And whenever you do that hard work and you fix yourself in alignment to your book, I feel like you're really doing the hard work and you're looking at the ugly truths. And even though you have ugly truths and you have those start ugly moments, it's helping you become. Because just because we're in a certain place does not mean that we have necessarily arrived. Because as long as you are still living and breathing, there's still work inside of you that needs to be done. So what was your aha moment, Foss, whenever you decided to create the series, Fix Yourself? That would go back into the practice, you know, where, and it's interesting, uh, tying in with what you said about what versus who, um, people would come into the office and they all had that kind of a view, you know, uh, I have to fix my life. And they were talking about all the external things. Uh, then you go back to graduate school and you, and you think, okay, here, here are all the things that, that they taught us. And they were good things, but they did, they're not hitting it. So when I uh, 
really got into heavily into the counseling at the private practice. I was in about 10 years and I said, you know, I've got to start redoing some things. I'm being, I, I know I'm doing good work with people, but I know I can also go deeper. So the first thing I want to, aha moment was, how about if I go inside me first and then apply all these principles, all these processes I'm talking about, which I'd already um, identified, researched and developed. And I was just going to begin to unleash it on the people. I said, what if I did it first? So then when we started talking about it, it came from a, a more experiential point. And that's what I did. So that, that moment was when I made a decision to say, okay, um, let's apply all this to you. Let's fix what maybe you don't like so much. Let's go inside. Cause if I'm asking them all to do that, I probably should, should be the guy that did it first. So that was the moment that it started. And once I did that and I applied all those principles to myself, then the program became in focus. Then the book was ready to be written you know, down the road. Uh, the book was ready uh, to unleash on people, but it really had to start with me. And again, there's that, that part that I always say, we're too focused outside of ourselves. We're too focused on that goal. And when I get there, I'll be happy. And as you say, you know, and as I write about, there are absolutely no destinations in life. The only destination, real destination we have is the day we take our last breath. That's our destination. And, and then what, what, whatever we've uh, earned from that point. But in the meantime, it's all a journey. And it's, you can change it and you can move it around and redefine it anytime you want to. But when, you know, we, we set a destination. And then when we get there, first of all, we're not happy when we get there. And second, it doesn't look like what we went after anyway, because life is dynamic. Too many things change along the way. It's important to be happy in the moment you're living in and maximize all of that. Then it works. Yes, beautiful. And it's it's also about mindfulness too, because whenever you're present in the actual moment and you still, you still your mind and you still what's around you, you could really appreciate the flowers while they're blooming, metaphorically speaking. But I want you to dive into the book a little bit more, Foss, and can you tell us what maybe some of the highlight tips are in your book? You know, uh, when, I, when I started the, uh, right, to put the program together, I knew there had to be a starting spot. You don't always get that when you're applying it in counseling because everyone's different. They come in with different starting spots. Uh, but the obvious place to start, and, and it really um, begins just, you called it mindfulness. I, I call it being conscious in the moment. Take your life off autopilot is the way I say. Stop just going with the flow. Be able to define who you are. Now to do that, there's, there are two things that have to happen. A, you have to stop doing what you're doing. So I help people define that point with themselves. Okay, let's look at where you are. And let's just stop the train for a moment. And we're going to, we're going to, you can't redefine why you're running. You know, we have to slow you down, come to a, come to a stop, if you will. And then we'll redefine things. So I, I always say that get conscious with what's going on. Stop just letting life flow by. I, I use the, um, the analogy of, of the airplane pilot who says, okay, I'm done flying for a while. I'll put the plane on autopilot. And then he disengages his brain with the movement of the plane. Well, we do that with our lives often. We take it off. We take it off consciousness. We're not mindful in the moment. We're not focusing on what we're doing in the moment, and then we expect it to work out. Well, someone else is leading that, and then from that point, the, the, the real key to start the program is to get brutally honest with yourself. It's not going to hurt you. Everyone thinks that when you go inside and get that level of honesty 
uh, you're going to find horrible things. You're going to find all the beauty inside you too, because you're covered up with all the junk all, all these years. So those two points, that's where I start the program. Stop, take life off autopilot, start learning how to be conscious in the moments you're living in, and then get honest from that point, because that's what we're going to build on. That's our foundation. Mm, okay, I like that. So it really starts as uncovering the hidden the hidden layers because it's almost like if you grab an onion and you start peeling off the layers of the onion before you get to the core so as you're peeling off those layers of the onion tears are flowing because our eyes are sensitive to the onions but those tears are very much cleansing and they're renewing you and you're letting out all the junk and you necessarily don't want to cry when you are peeling an onion or cutting an onion but it's a natural reaction so if we take the onion analogy to our life and we think about when we are peeling off, you know, the mental bondages that people have put around mm -hmm. us, when you peel off the strongholds, when you peel off what the world says about you, when you peel off what your family says about you, and all of these other things, you start to strip away and find who you are at the core. And at the core, you're like, man, I had no idea because you were so busy piling on extra baggage. And if you think about the airplane analogy, I'll give you another one, boss. Whenever you go to the airport and you pass TSA, right? And you get to the counter, ticketing and baggaging. What is the first thing they tell you to do, boss, when you get there? Remind me. <laughs> <laughs> so they tell you to put your luggage on the scale so they can yes. weigh your luggage. And the reason why they want you to weigh your luggage is because if your luggage is overweight, they know that the aircraft can only carry a certain amount of cargo plus passengers. So they need your luggage to weigh a certain amount. And if your luggage is overweight, they're going to tell you to remove some of the articles from your luggage or they're going to tell you to buy additional luggage. That way they are being mindful of the cargo that they're loading to the plane along with the passengers, because if that plane is weighed down, that plane is not going to be able to fly and cruise to certain elevations. So it's just like that as individuals, we can't be carrying around the baggage of other people and the baggage of the world because we're not going to be our optimal self. And I love both of the analogies. And interestingly enough, I'm not sure if you read the book, the onion analogy is the one I use in the, in the chapter for brutal honesty. Really? That's, that is exactly, I'm thinking to myself, either we're really clicking here or you read the book. So it is the one I've used because, yeah, because it, it answered the question, how do I know when I'm being honest? You know, because you get uncomfortable, but that uncomfortable feeling is okay. You're not preaching it to the world. You're just opening it up for you. And when you get to that point and you're going deep and the tears don't bother, you know, they're going to be there. But the fact that I'm going to shed a few is not a, as important as where I'm going. Yeah. So I, I was kind of chuckling as you were going through it. I said, <laughs> either you read it or we're really on the same page here. <laughs> no, I have never read the book. So we're obviously on the same wavelength because I like to use analogies because when you're talking to different people, you meet people where they're at. And whenever I use analogies and, you know, my different podcast segments, it relates to somebody else differently than if I would just have like a full blown conversation with lots of, you know, large words and et cetera, because I want to meet people 
people where they're at and I want to educate, I want to inspire and I want to motivate. And so that's so funny that you mentioned that analogy in your book, Boss. And when you think about your book, what was the hardest thing to write when you were writing your book and what was the easiest and why? The hardest, actually, I think not even hard, but the one I knew would be challenged the most would be the chapter on faith. And, and, and the way I wrote the book was um, I, I, I didn't want to, as you, I want to connect with people and I didn't want to weigh them down. So the chapters are three to five pages. And I, and I really put a lot of information in there. Then we, I talk about it. I put it in perspective. Then I go to the exact steps that they should take. Everyone should take. If you do all these things, this is going to get better for you. And I've never seen it in self-help before. I, I see lots of long chapters. I see a lot of stuff going on and, you know, uh, all the various clever ways of saying things. But I really, uh, I took the advice of a co my copyright editor who said, make this for a seventh to 10th grade reading level in there. Everyone will get it then and you won't lose anyone. Uh, so when I wrote it and I got to the chapter on faith, uh, you know, I knew it was going to be challenged. I thought everyone's going to say he's trying to push God. And what I was saying is that faith is another process. I, 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 by the time you get to faith, it's 36 chapters. I think faith occupies close to 30, 30th chapter. And uh, by that point, all I'm asking people to do is treat it like any other process. Open your mind to it. That's what I want people to do. Don't limit your thinking. Don't, whether it's faith or it's this person who's a different nationality than me, or this person whose gender or the way they're living life is different. Everyone and everything we do has the op gives us the opportunity to learn and to expand on ourselves and, and, and you know, take those limits and move them outward. And I just want them to do that with faith because I think when it comes to that, too many people say, I don't want the G word in my life, you know, and, 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 and they haven't really looked at it. And I just said, take it like any other process in the book when you, when you get to it and just open your mind up. Don't make any uh, 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 initial thought, decisions about it. Just be open and see what comes in, see what touches you. That was the harder one. The easiest one was the one on love. I, I wanted to get into this book where I could finally put a definition on what everyone has been saying, well, you know, love yourself and nobody said how. And I, I wanted to get to the point where I made that operational. And I, again, I made it another process. Uh, and I talk about internal balance, getting balanced internally, physically, uh, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually. When we're there, we are in complete harmony. That is what love is. It's, it's, I think love really comes from the spirit, not from the heart and the head like we're taught. It's, it's a spiritual thing. That's why it can be unconditional. Uh, so when I, I got to that point, and that one gets a lot, a lot of uh, comments, a lot of people saying, thank my God, someone finally said there is a way to do this. You know, it, 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 it became so abstract and everyone used it. Love yourself. We see it everywhere. And, there, and, and people always, always say, give me a bit of a roadmap. I'll change it along the way. I'll make it suit myself, but give me something I can hold on to. And that's where that internal balance comes in. That's what the whole program is designed to do. Get us to the point that we can understand there are four attributes and, and they all give us energy. And if we're putting one aside, well, we put that energy aside. Try to get it balanced. You'll find a nice, beautiful world there for yourself. It's, it's very practical. Nothing I'm saying is you know, off the scales here. 
In fact, if you read the book, you'll say, well, I heard all this stuff before, but somehow he's got it in a whole different way. That's all I wanted to do. And, uh, and, I, and I'm getting some real nice uh, feedback when it comes on people that are understanding a little bit more about love and then how to extend that outward. Beautiful. And it's so beautiful that you put that in a book, but you also gave them the roadmap and the practical tips in order to navigate that roadmap. And as we wind down, Foss, I want you to leave us with one or two gems and then close us out with saying who you are, how they could connect with you on social media and your CTA, also known as a call to action. Okay. You know, when, when I, uh, talk to people and I close a lot of these interviews and even when I'm doing workshops, whatever, I like to leave people with things that, you know, kind of spark it. I have a quote in every in every paragraph of the book for that matter. It's just that uh, I think that's what makes people a quote. And then at the end, I have this little call to action line that says here, you, you know, you are this, be this. So, so, you know, you kind of trying to put the bookends in there. Uh, what I'd like to tell people is first of all, let no one in this world define who you are. That has to come from you. That's, that's one of the big ones. And, and along with that, because people will then say, okay, well, where do I go? This is the second quote. It's the major quote in the book. Everything you need to, to be happy and to be productive is inside you already. All you have to do, just like you're talking about that airplane, is get the junk off. And, and go back and find all that power. It, it, and, and that will guide the rest of your life. You have it all inside you already. You don't need to have someone else tell you where to go. You have it already. Go inside, get it, create the person you want to be. Amazing, Foss. And now, how can the listeners and viewers connect with you on social media? Yeah, social media or my website. If it's my website, it's, it's my name, FosterGero.com. Uh, you'll also find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you know, all, all the usuals. Um, and uh, again, it's my name. You, you type it in, you uh, if you type my name in, there's probably 20, 10, 15 pages of whatever you want to find. It's, it's in there. Uh, if you go to my website, you will find excerpts from the book. You'll find everything you want to do to make a decision as to whether or not you want to uh, when you want to buy the book, uh, you'll see all the media appearances, all those kinds of things are there. So you can see me talk until you're tired of seeing me talk. You know? so, <laughs> so it's, it's all there. And if you want the book, it's on Amazon or, you know, Barnes and Noble, the usual retailers. And there you have it, listeners as well as viewers. You just heard Foss Reguero, and that's spelled F as in Frank, A as in Apple, U as in Umbrella, S as in Sam, T as in Tom, last name Reguero. R as in Richard, U as in Umbrella, G as in Gorilla, G as in Gregory, I as in Isaac, E as in Edward, R as in Richard, and O as in Open. All of his contact information will be in the show notes, so make sure you read and plug in. And once again, you just heard us talk about becoming the person you want to be. It starts with you doing some really good soul-searching, deep diving, and taking off the extra baggage and loving yourself unconditionally. But in order to love yourself unconditionally, you have to take off those hard layers. You have to peel the onion back 
that and you really have to go deep diving. And we're not talking about surface level because the world wants you to be at a surface level, but all the beauties and the gems are found below the ocean. Whenever you go scuba diving and you see all those beautiful things and make sure you connect with us by liking and subscribing the podcast on YouTube, Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp, and subscribe to all the audio platforms wherever you're listening to this segment at. And until we chat next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Signing out, Genesis Amaris Kemp and Foss Regero.